the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Rob Black, weekday mornings from 10 to noon on Talk 910 KNEW. You, your money, your life, your dreams. The answers are here. This is Rob Black. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. Second hour of the show, we're going to have a giveaway. Yeah, that's right. We're going to give away something for you. Is it glorious? It's pretty glorious. Free tickets. So stay tuned for that. I'll probably interact with you and the live blog to find out how we should ultimately give away these ticks. Live blog. I just mentioned it. It's 910kenew.com. It's 910kenew.com. I can't believe it. It's already July 30th. This year's flying by. We're more than halfway done with the year. We're five months out from Christmas. We're just a stinking 150 days away from a new year. So, where are we? There's a bullish bias on Wall Street. And I feel good about it in the short term. I still think we're going to have a correction right around when we hit that magic S&P 500 1000. Because that's when the news coverage is going to cover it, the mainstream, the mainstream news, is going to cover it and go, S&P 500 hits 1,000. It's a big round number. We don't really know what that means. And that's when the mom and pops who haven't gotten into the market are going to jump into the market, and Wall Street will hose them and take advantage of them. That's what we do. We beat people to death who don't know what they're doing. Stocks are hitting their year's best levels, and it feels good. I like it. I like, I like it a lot. That's a great line from uh, Dumb and Dumber. Uh, Jim Carrey's talking about, I guess, that Holly girl that he dated for a while. He goes, I like you a lot. Anyhow, I digress. That's my first digression. One of many. One of many. I think I have an attention deficit disorder issue. Anyway, uh, stocks hit their best levels of the year. ExxonMobil, their quarterly profit slumped 66%. Can I hear a, oh, you feel bad for the company, right? Profits down 66%. How much did they make? In the last 90 days, take a guess. ExxonMobil in 90 days has made $4.1 billion. But income was down 66%. That's right. Last year, they made $11.68 billion in a 90-day period. I love this company. It is everything that I want and adore. They ruin the environment. They make Big dollars doing it. They give me gasoline to drive to and fro work, throw pollutants up in the air, and they make $4.1 billion. That's, I guess, a problem you want to have when earnings are down 66%. So let's talk a little bit about the stock market. What we're happening is it's really a bullish bias. People want the market to go up. Trading pattern this week has been unmistakable. Do a little bit of selling early in the morning. Make the bears think that they got a good shot at a big down day. 
and then steadily beat them down. The Bears are feeling frustrated. A six-year-old looking in the window of a toy store who wants to go in. The Bears want a market correction. They know the economy stinks. They know unemployment's high. They know that the market has bounced too far too fast. But it's just not happening. So we're not necessarily surprised by what we're seeing. This is pretty common trading. Monday, the bullish sentiment hadn't risen as high as some might have expected, and that scope and pace of recent gains made. You think that the pullback is, is going to be imminent. Volume is very, very light. There have been some dips. But after an 11% run in two weeks, two weeks, 11%. Stock markets are supposed to move 11% in 52 weeks, not two weeks. That's the most the S&P 500 has been down at any point. Um, it was a 1% correction at intraday. That's not much. Too far, too fast. So, resilience just keeps being resilient. One of the busiest days of earnings reportings, if not the busiest. A lot of companies continue to top expectations easily. Now, again, ExxonMobil didn't. They were 18 cents below consensus expectations. People really didn't see oil going from 150 a barrel to 50 a barrel in the last 52 weeks. So, analysts had the expectations wrong. That's okay. Their miss barely even registered, though. Goldman Sachs got a big old upgrade today for GE, and GE says thank you. GE's huge. GE's one of the biggest companies in the world, as far as revenues go. So to get an upgrade, people go, ah, that's nice, nice. Now, there's also news today that China is not planning to impose lending quotas to curb their growth. There was news that that might happen yesterday, and Wall Street went, oh, we don't like that. Because one of our stars, if we were to fill out our, our roster... One of the things that we're looking forward to, China. We know there's growth there. We know the United States is going to be tepid for a while. We got good earnings today out of MasterCard, Colgate, Palmolive, and AstraZeneca. Big jobless number came out as well. Initial jobless claims hit 584,000. That was a little bit better. They're a little bit higher than expected. It's tough for me to say better than expected because it's more people. So, continuing claims, they declined 54,000. 6.19 million Americans continue to be unemployed for a very long period of time. And the four-week moving average of average of initial claims hits 559,000. Any number over 400,000 is awful. Now, we were in the 600s for quite a while. 620, 640, 660,000 brand new unemployed people. So, the pace of layoffs is slowing down. But any number over 400 is bad. There continues to be a good deal of noise surrounding the claims data. Seasonal adjustment factors, you know, related to earlier than normal auto worker layoffs. It's muddied the picture a little bit. So you can't really believe the data that you're seeing out there. The initial claims figure, it's looking a little bit more believable now. A couple weeks ago, we were like, hey, these are positive numbers. Or we're going to add jobs soon. Uh-uh. I don't think so. Continuing claims number is not based on all of the cost-cutting companies have been doing and continue to talk about. The improved trend is continuing claims then seem as if they're destined for a negative adjustment at some point in time. The headlines look encouraging, but the economy stinks, ladies and gentlemen. And it's really not going to get a boost until we start adding jobs. Things are less bad than before, but they're far from good. It's like we saw one piece of data on housing this week. That showed a month-to-month increase in prices. And we saw 30 months in a row down. 30-plus months in a row. 
month to month, lower, 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 up. And we're like, hey, real estate, it's rebounding. Sweet. It's not rebounding. Okay. So equity markets are gapping higher, and they're getting through resistance after a couple days of little lateral action. This should mean that we're seeing the beginning of the end of this rally. I would wait for a larger pullback to add new money. I don't know how far that pullback's going to go. I think a worst case pullback would be 875 on the S&P 500. I think a best case scenario would be 925. I think it's low probability outcome, but it's possibility nevertheless. So it depends on the, the employment. Where the next big leg in the market comes, I think it's going to be employment related. Now, I think the S&P 500 ends higher for the year, higher than it is today. Energy has been really weak this week. Crude has fallen sharply. That doesn't bode well for economies because economies drink crude. Steel and metals. When we are building things, we use steel and metals. They've been weak as well. So we've seen a recent dive in commodity prices. It could be signaling an economic weakness. Simply too early to tell. I'm not one of those people who's going to make up data for you. I'm not going to pretend to know that I have all the answers. I've got some but not all. So XLE is the ticker symbol on energy. If you want to follow energy, SLX is the ticker symbol for steel. XME um, is a little bit more composite oriented. So commodity prices could be followed at DBC. So these are things that I want to see them pushing higher. If the market is going to continue to push higher. So I love the gridlock that we're seeing today. Did you see that um, President Barack Obama is going to have the the two gentlemen to his home tonight, and he's going to drink a beer? He's going to drink Bud? He's going to drink Budweiser. <laughs> it's considered a nice generic choice. In large part, you don't want to be seen drinking a Heineken if you're the President of the United States. You don't want to be seen drinking a, a, a $2 bottle of Pacifico. Uh-uh. Even though it's a Bay Area company, you want to drink what every American in the middle of the United States drinks. Bud and Bud Light. So that's what we got for you. Dollar stays down versus the euro today after the jobless claims. Um, I will get to other stories as we can. Yahoo and Semantic both weaker today, even though tech is stronger. Again, Yahoo is just a disappointment. A lot of people think that Microsoft got the better end of that search deal. Yahoo's good at selling things. Uh, Microsoft has got a better search product. So... This, it does bode better for Microsoft. They didn't have to pay anything up front to get the millions and millions and millions and millions of people that travel through Yahoo sites. Semantic, they just had an awful quarter last night. Enterprise just delaying purchase. Let me plug how you can get into this show. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. You can jump on the live blog. It should be up and going any minute now. 910kenyw.com. It's 910kenyw.com. I'm going to be giving away tickets in the second hour of the show. The trick is I'm going to have to make you jump through a hoop to get them. What will that hoop be? Do you have any ideas? Tomorrow I'm going to do a show on hate. 100 things that I hate. Call into the show barking, screaming, and I'll give you tickets. Or tell me a thing or two that you hate. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Oh, good golly. Um, 800-345-5639. The live blog is at 910kennyw.com, 910kennyw.com.
Dollars and common sense. This is Talk 910 KNEW. This is Rob Black. A big hit. Heidi, the producer, says 1984, and she only misses it by one gigantic year. 1983. I think everyone knows the lady in the video, Annie Lennox. But do you know the guy? Who was that? Dave Stewart. That's a good pull if you were able to pull that one out. Anyhow, uh, the Arrhythmics, uh, Soul Music... With electronica. Pretty cool what they did. Eh, it was popular with broad audiences. So, I don't know. Looking at the album right now, uh, it wasn't a very good album. Love is a Stranger was okay. Then everything else was pretty much so stinks other than Sweet Dreams. No, no Missionary wasn't on this album. It's uh, Love is a Stranger, I've Got an Angel, Wrap It Up, I Could Give You a Mirror, The Walk, Sweet Dreams, Jennifer, This is My House, Somebody told me, and the city never sleeps. The city never sleeps is pretty good. That was used in a uh, a movie, risky business, I believe. The city never. Uh, it was used in a movie. I think there was a sex scene with Rebecca De Minore with that. I might be wrong because it feels to me like risky business was before '83. Anyhow, I'm totally digressing. <laughs> See, I've done it again. That's two. Ding, ding, ding. It, we could do a drinking game with how many times I digress in a show. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. Speaking about theme shows, I do want to do a drinking show one day. And the way I'm going to pull it off is we're going to do a live get-together at a bar, I think. And, you know, just you know, chit-chat a little bit about money and have a few cocktails and do it from four to seven and maybe give a speech or two and bring out some of the cast and crew. We'll bring out uh, Sebastian Kuntz, so, which uh, I highly suggest when you meet Sebastian Kuntz, you, uh, you love him. <laughs> you love him, and you coddle him. Um, great traffic guy, even though it seems like every other traffic report that he does, he calls this show the Armstrong and Getty Show. He tends to forget it's the Rob Black Show, and I'm kind of a big deal. It's kind of upsetting when I hear that, but it is what it is. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Tomorrow, I'm going to do a show on hate. I'm going to do a show on hate, hate, hate. I'm going to th- things like loaded mutual funds. I hate them. Why do I hate them? They cost you $5.75 out of every $100 that you put in. So you're already way behind the market. And you wonder why you never get ahead. You don't need loaded mutual funds. There's no loaded funds. And there's plenty of them. Now, will I ever use a loaded fund? I'd use a loaded fund perhaps if it's like Russia. I don't know what language they speak in Russia. I can't find Russia on a map. I don't know a Russian shekel from a Russian company. Therefore, I might pay a manager to get me exposure into Russia. And I would pay a load if you see where I'm going at with that. I know what language they speak in Russian. They speak Vulcan. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. But tomorrow, it's going to be a hate show. It should be pretty fun, I hope. Monday, I'm going to do a show a little bit different. Now, this one's going to be a little bit riskier. I'm going to be in Reno. For hot August nights, H-A-N is we're want to say. And part of the big thing about H-A-N, hot August nights, is these old classic cars, right? And if you want to meet me, I'll be doing the show live 10 to noon um, at a hotel, The Nugget, also known as The Nougat. So it's creamy, rich, chocolatey nougat. So I'll be at The Nougat. 
Um, anyway, the whole thing about Hot August Nights is the cars. Well, it's not just the cars, but the cars are amazing. So I'm going to try to do my very, very, very best to recreate the 1950s. Tell you about the stock market. Tell you about the economy. Tell you about immigration. Tell you about some of the issues that were going on in the 1950s in the United States. Tell you about advertising. You know, in, in history, that was the very, very first time that we started targeting our advertising. Our country had just come out of the war, and we'd started creating a lot of prosperity because we had the world of manufacturing. We owned manufacturing. So Europe was still rebuilding. They were still rebuilding from the bombs. So anyway, we'll talk a little bit about the 1950s on Monday. So go with me. Tomorrow, hate show. And Monday, hot August nights. It should be fun. We'll play 1950s like big bopper music. So, and you can take a change for one day. So let's talk a little bit about a jobless recovery. You keep hearing about it, right? Double dip recession. We know the United States economy. Our government is going to spend a trillion dollars. And ultimately what that's going to do, that will weaken the dollar over the next five years. I promise you the dollar will be weaker than it is today, five years from now. It'll be lower than where it is. So one of the things that we expect in a recession, and this is kind of becoming pretty common, it's a jobless recovery. So when we do recovery, we'll have you know money come in, but businesses will be a little tepid. They won't really want to add employees. Employees are expensive. Good poll question would be, who do you think would get fired, an older worker or a younger worker? In this day and age, I'm betting it's going to be the older worker because they're more expensive. They've got higher demands for benefits. They've got their health care costs that are going to be higher to a company. So I tend to say the older worker is going to tend to get fired a little bit more often. So what's a jobless recovery? As the economy continues to show signs of improvement, we've seen an uptick in home prices. We've seen an uptick in sales. A significant stock market surge. We're starting to talk about recovery, right? It's pretty common. The job market's in tough shape, though. Little reason for anyone out of work or eager to change jobs to be at all encouraged. We're clearly headed for what's called a jobless recovery. Now, it's not going to be the first, and it's, it's going to be the worst. This recession is going to be the worst recession of your lifetime, and this jobless recovery is going to be the worst jobless recovery of your lifetime. The unemployment rate is going to fall very slowly. It's going to peak at over 10%, and it won't come down to the pre-recession level of 4.9%, I don't think, in my lifetime. I'm not willing to say that completely, but I'll say this. The economists that I'm seeing, they're calling for 6.4% to be the new norm. And they're looking at 2015. Economic growth is going to be tepid for a long time. GDP growth in 2010, we're looking at maybe 2%. In 2011, they're looking at 3%. I don't believe it. Now, compare that with a 6.5% annual average growth in the first year after other recessions since World War II. We typically bounce right back. Now, again, we're going off low levels when you're down 2 to 3% in a recession, and then you show normalized GDP of 3%, it's a 6.5% bounce. Boom. Just like that. Boom. We're not going to see that. It's going to take years to reach that level of growth. Now, in the 1990s, we had the dot-com, and in 2000s, we had the bubble of real estate. So we've had two great bubbles back-to-back, and that created a lot of GDP growth that was on paper money, i.e., we created companies like Excite.com. Excited Home. We created companies like Exodus Communications. We created companies that are no longer around. You could look left, you could look right. But we gave those employees millions and millions of dollars in compensation. They went out and spent it. They bought houses. 
we had a paper economy. Same thing with housing. People, uh, the house would go from 400000 to 600000 to take 200000 out. They'd buy a BMW, go on a vacation, and, and think that they're rich. They weren't rich. It was paper money. It wasn't really earned. So coming into a real GDP, coming into real earnings, it's going to be very problematic. You know, this severe recession, it's, 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 it's hard. We've got, we've got lost about 4.5 million jobs. Only 2.75, only 2.75 million disappeared as the 2001 result of a recession. Again, that was 9-11, and that was a teeny tiny, that was a baby recession. That was easy for us to skip and hop and, and jump right on through. There's a cyclical effect that goes on here. Slow growth means few new jobs will be created. We're not going back to GDP growth of 4 to 6%. I don't think so. And I don't see us really spending money on innovation in biotech. And I really don't see a new... Uh, I really don't see a new field that could become bubble-like. It's not, it's not alternative energy. It's not. Potentially, it could be the smart grid. There's a lot of problems with the smart grid. So where's the next big trillion dollar investment? It's going to be in electricity, probably the delivery of electricity, not the generation of electricity, because we can generate wind power. We can generate sun power. We just can't deliver it. So we got to get a better grid with it. So I don't think we're going to see a V-shaped recovery in the GDP. I don't think we're going to see a V-shaped recovery in jobs. Right now, if you have a job, go give your boss a massage. <laughs> go, give it, go, go, go grind into his shoulders a little bit and say, I love you. I love you so much because your job is going to be really, really hard to come by in the next couple of years. So get a new one. Anyway, oil bounces above $66 a barrel. That's what a jobless recovery is all about. So oil back to $66 a barrel today. Even though ExxonMobil had a colossal miss, names like Royal Dutch Shell, they're higher. Apache, they're higher. Um, Apache said with continued drilling successes in Egypt, in the Gulf, in the North Sea, they've got strong momentum going into the second half of the year. Their numbers that they released today were bad. But what they said was the second half of the year looks good. That's how Wall Street works. Now, the IMF. You remember in the movie Die Hard? There's a great line where they're like, so how are you going to get out of the building, Hans? Hans Gruber? And he goes, you're going to need a miracle to get out. And he goes, I give you the F.B. I. Every time I see the IMF, I want to go, I give you the IMF. And by the way, Die Hard, the first movie, one of the greatest male flicks of all time. Men can't turn it off. It's against our DNA. We're coded differently than women. Great film. Probably watched 25 plus times. Anyhow, the Eurozone, it remains in recession. So says the IMF. But they're showing signs of improvement. Why do we care? We need Europe to work. Just like we need China to work, because we ain't working. Any activity that we can get out there, HP can sell them a computer. Any activity we can get out there in Philip Morris International, also known as Philip Morris International, can sell them a cigarette. Any activity we can get out there in jobs created in Europe or Asia or South America, and Kraft can sell them cheese, mac and cheese. So I want to see that work. These are American companies that do business internationally, and I want to see international markets work, because we're going to be the laggards. We were the leaders. In the 90s, Japan was the leader of the world, really honestly, in the 80s. Who's going to be it in the 2000s? Asia. So, and maybe it was 2005, 2015. Maybe I don't have to round it out from 2000 to 2010. So, we're starting to see a little IMF saying, 
Things are looking good. Now, one of the things the IMF said, said, please, European leaders, don't withdraw the fiscal stimulus yet. In large part, we want to see the recovery in place before the monetary policy changes. Other stories out there of note today, Obama's health plan. There's a new poll that came out today of a Wall Street Journal NBC poll. They found that 42% of respondents think the president's plan is a bad idea versus 36% who says it's a good idea. Now, in June, it was evenly divided. So in one month, the media has scared people or has educated people into thinking the plan's a bad idea. Now, in the New York Times CBS poll, 69% of respondents said they were concerned of the quality of their health care would go down because of universal health care insurance. Interesting. Two separate polls showing you that uh, support for Obama's plan is slipping. We'll talk about anything that you want to talk about. We could talk about cash for clunkers. We could talk about the stock market. We could talk about things that you hate. I'm going to be giving away some free tickets to a G.I. Joe screening, i.e. before it comes out. If you call into the show and you bark like a dog, or if you call into the show and start screaming ravenously about something you hate, I'll give you free tickets. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Second hour of the show, we're going to bring in Chad Burton, so call in sooner than later if you want to chat with me alone. Noon on Talk 910 KNEW. Now, Rob Black. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. 800 345 5639. It's 800 I've got seven pairs of tickets to give away for the G.I. Joe premiere in San Francisco at the AMC Movie Theater on Van Ness. Not this Thursday. Not tonight, but next Thursday. So that's what I got. And all you have to do to get it is call into the show and bark ravenously like a dog or scream about something you absolutely positively hate. Tomorrow I'm going to do a show dedicated to hate, things that I hate. It's going to be financial issues that I hate. For instance, I hate financial infomercials. Yeah, you see them on television. You see them, uh, you hear them on radio on the weekends. And they tend to promise you big gains. They tend to promise you, you too can make millions. I absolutely hate hate them. In large part, they're protected by the freedom of speech, they're not fiduciary, and they can take money from you left, right, up, and down. So a big story out there is the cash for clunkers. This is actually kind of a fun one today. Cash for clunkers. If you have an SUV and you get 14 miles a gallon, you can go turn it in, get $4,500 to get a new SUV that gets 15 miles a gallon. You just got to get some, some gas improvement in theory. So car dealers are starting to express concern that the government's cash for clunkers incentive program could run out of money as soon as the end of August due to strong initial response from consumers. That's a good thing. Now, what's that tell me and you? That means car numbers are going to be better than expected. We've gotten so used to them being rotten, they're going to be better than expected. Now, it's important for customers to act because they don't know when the curtain's going to fall on this thing. So says the chairman of the National Automobile Dealers Association. He's added that um, he's been fielding calls from dealers 
He suspects the billion dollars set aside for the program could run out of money within a month based on early response. The program offers $4,500 in federal rebates for consumers who trade in their older vehicles to buy new, more fuel-efficient vehicles. And it's supposed to run through November 1. Now, Representative Candace Miller out of Michigan, she is a Republican. She wrote to fellow members of the House of Representatives urging them to expand funding for the program. Interesting that someone from Detroit would want cash for clunkers to continue. Is there a conspiracy? No, she's just representing her people. Now, a spokesperson for Nancy Pelosi called it premature to conclude the program needs more funds before considering expanding the program would want to evaluate the current program. Let's go to Kenneth in Oakland. Kenneth? Good morning, Rob. Morning, Kenneth. Hey, um, I have a, uh, you hear about Mayor uh, Bloomberg wanting to go ahead and uh, get the homeless out of uh, New York. Well, he's buying one-way tickets, and I'm thinking where they all should go. I think Vegas, since now Vegas is the biggest foreclosure capital of uh, of this, uh, you know, the United States here. And so you want homeless people. yet. Yeah, you want homeless people to live in. You want homeless people to live in foreclosed condos. Well, how about the Wynn Hotel, who's unoccupied? Because executives have said that uh, let's not go to Vegas to book any of our uh, our um, you know any work related uh, incidents that go on there because it's too expensive and it promotes uh, you know fun and gambling and all that stuff. Let's let's not book in Vegas. So Vegas is, is wide open. So why not there? Why not bring them to San Francisco? It's got, uh, it's got lovely weather. We could use another homeless person or two. Oh, I think the Wynn Hotel there in Vegas, though. I mean, wouldn't that be a great metropolitan for the biggest homeless community? So you, you got a little bit of tongue-in-cheek going, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Anything else you want to throw out at me, Kenneth? No. No, I just thought that was just kind of interesting, is buying one-way tickets for the homeless out of New York. Another thing we could do is kill homeless people. Oh, we got to do it. Yeah, having like an open season? Absolutely. In fact, Perfect. have wealthy people hunt them for money. Oh, I love it. Send them to North Dakota. I think North Dakota should be the official state of old people and homeless people. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Kenneth. Okay, Just corral them all. Corral them all, money suckers. Um, let's go to Penny and Napa. Penny? Hello, Rob? Yes. Hi. Um, this is a legitimate question, but you want me to bark like a dog? I'd love to hear you bark like a dog. <laughs> That's a little dog. <laughs> Give me a little bit more than that. <laughs> Do you want the tickets? No. Okay. Thank you anyway. Um, question. I know that the Federal Reserve is a private enterprise that controls our monetary system. My question is, is the FDIC a part of the Federal Reserve or is it part of the federal government? And I know we have banks buy insurance to be covered. So would you please explain the difference or what the connection is? Sure. Absolutely. And that's a pretty good question. I'm glad you're concerned about these things. Um, the Federal Reserve is separate, and a lot of people think the Federal Reserve should be banned and and not control the the dollar and let the dollar control the dollar, right. and uh, let inflation take its want or you know fall apart. The FDIC is the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, and it's when you put money in a bank, uh, ultimately if that bank fails, they ensure that your money doesn't fail with that bank up to a certain level. It is part of the United States government. It was created in 1933. And to become a fiduciary, you have to you know, pass a Series 6-5, Series 6-6, Series 70 test. Um, and one of the things you have to study is what's called the Glass-Steagall Act of 1933. Um, thanks for the call. It ultimately provides deposit insurance and guarantees the safety of deposits. That's the idea. Up to 250000 per depositor per bank. So the FDIC insures deposits at over 8,000-plus institutions in the United States. 
and over $13 trillion in assets. It's basically the faith and credit of the United States. Going back a little bit more in history, the 19th century economy of the United States, a lot of bank panics where panic of 1893, legislators sought to arrange better security for bank deposits. They proposed a national bank guarantee fund for you know use during bank runs. Banks can collapse by simply people going to their bank and taking their money out because banks also lend money. And part of the charter is they have to have so much in deposits versus so much in loans. Heidi's killing me. I hate it when my producer, I'm talking and she's waving at me. Bad producer, bad producer. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Um, Let's go to Alicia from Star. Oh, no. Good God, no. Is she another radio person? Okay. I guess I'm going to find out. Now, are you on on-air talent? Okay. She's going to come on. Lisa from Star. Give me a little bit of background. Uh, yeah, that might work. Hi. Hi. How are you, Lisa? I'm good. So, I don't listen to radio, so I don't know who you are. Oh, that's okay. I'm Alicia Kimbrell. I'm on air at Star 101.3 on the weekends. Star 101. Yep. And what type of music did we play on Star? Hot AC, you know, Madonna, Prince, Justin Timberlake. You know, the stuff people like to sing along to. Yeah, I like to sing along. Like karaoke music then. Yeah, okay. But but (laughs) legitimate stars. No, that's definitely a a good, you know, way to describe it. Your audience is probably heavily women? Women. Women. 25, 54. It's a good demographic. Yeah. So they're shoppers. I would like to think so. So are you a shopper? (laughs) Uh, Yes, if you mean by shoes and purses. Yeah. You know what I hate? I'm going to do a show on hate tomorrow. I hate Manola Blahniks. Now, why do you hate Manola Blahniks? It's real simple. And again, I'm giving away some of my content. As a man, a go ahead. Um, as a man, I will never look at your shoes. So women buy Manola Blahniks for their own vanity and to impress other women. Or, you know what? It's just like a man goes and buys something as a staple. To me, once I've made enough money or have done something in my life that I consider a platform, I'm yeah. like, I'm getting the Manola Blahniks. This I am rewarding myself, but I agree. It's not really for the man. It's for us. Okay. What's so about as, that? As long as you know that. Because it's $400, and that's two right. months of savings for retirement. I could mark down about eight things that my boyfriends have spent $400 on that are nowhere near as cool as a pair it's of not, You're not allowed to turn this about other people. Uh, when, I was, when I was chastising Seabass, Sebastian Kuntz, he was like, I can't save for retirement. And yet he's got an iPhone that has you know, a $60, $70, $80, $100 charge per month on it. That's saving for retirement. Give up the iPhone. But does he have a 401k too? See, I look at it as if I have a 401k. Right, but I have a 401k and I'm in my 20s. Well, that's good. So I can have a person. How old are you? I'm 29. 29. Okay, so <laughs> you're kind of stretching it saying you're in your 20s. Is that not in my 20s? It's in I'm 20s. in my 20s. Okay. How much, how much you got in the 401k? About 12k. 12k. That's pretty good. Okay. I put in 10%. You need to have 10k by the time you're 30, so you're doing good. Okay. So that 10k or that 12k, let me give you some numbers real quick. Um, Human calculator. No, no, not in any way shape <laughs> or form. So 29 that'd be 36, that'd be 43, that'll be 50, 57. By the time you're 64, that'll be $400,000 if you just basically leave it there. That's what that's what I'm hoping. And that's 12k. Yeah. So don't take it out for a wedding, don't take it out for a car, don't take I it out. I'm not for... taking it out for a wedding anytime soon, don't okay. worry. Okay. Okay. So we're on the same page. Now, wh- why did you okay. creep to my studio? Okay. My my question is cuz this happened last night. Get a notice from my bank in the mail. Yes. Letting me know that they are 
after careful consideration. Yes. Closing my credit card. Right. No notice other than this thing in the mail. Right. Same credit card I've had since you can have a credit card. Now, they have offered to up my limit several times. And okay. I've always said, you know, no, I need to, I want to keep it at $2,000 limit. You know, really, it's just for emergencies with health, my dog, whatever, you know, emergency fund. I'll make the payments, always made my payments on time. And the only thing they could tell me is that they were closing it for one of three reasons. One, um, uh, I don't spend enough, like I don't, you know, I use yeah. as much of my balance as I should. People like me in my people that have the same spending habits as me, you know. So you're spend asking why more. they basically cre- cut your credit. Yeah, why? I mean, I've had that credit card since I was probably 18. Yeah, you take it personally. Banks don't take it personally. They just do the math. Mm-hmm. And ultimately what it is, it's a short-term loan. You think it's credit, but it's a short-term loan. And things have changed in the last couple of years. You've seen uh, Clear Channel go through probably 20 rounds of job cuts. Right. And you've kept your job. So you could say, you know, five years ago, come on, you were you in the Bay Area five years ago? I was. It was sexy. It was fun. Everyone I was brand had new it. to the Bay Area. You were so brand new to the Bay Area. Anything was better where I, traffic where I came was from. A little, <laughs> traffic was a little bit more congested or, as I like to say, constipated. Um, it was problematic. It was, everyone had money and everyone had right. jobs and we went and we partied with each other and everyone was young and beautiful. And then the, we hit a recession and ultimately the banks have to rethink things where they gave you that credit 10 years ago. You're no longer that person. You work in radio. First and foremost, radio, we continue to see job cuts. So you're a bigger risk today than you were 10 years ago. On top of that, now that we're going to probably go through another round of cuts, another round of cuts, they're just saying short term, it's not you, Alicia. It's 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 the economy. So they're cutting their exposure and they're cutting their risk because 33 for every dollar that they lend, they have to have 30 – they lend $33 for every dollar they have in deposits. But now you're starting to hear about not you, but the other guy in radio who loses his job and he's falling behind. He's putting everything on credit and credit card uh, delinquencies and and defaults are at their highest level they've been. So they're basically covering their own butt so that they don't have to close their business. Even though I've never had a history of delinquency? Again, it's not you. Hmm. It's that it's your neighbors failing. It's like foreclosure probably doesn't affect you. I, I own a house and if my neighbor goes into foreclosure, it drops my value of my home. So there's sometimes like, why did that happen? I didn't do anything wrong. Same thing. You didn't do anything wrong. So that's why they're mentioning people like me. Exactly. Okay. 10% unemployment. People have lost their jobs and they're putting their dog's health care on their credit card. They're putting their credit, they're putting their groceries and they have no chance of paying this back. So, and because of that, they lend 33 times for every dollar. So every dollar that they lose, they got to cut back. It's, it's a a really leveraged problem that you're not. Can I ask you one more question then? Is that the other reason they said was that, well, we had no other credit to compare it to because I had one credit card. I only only thought I needed one credit card. Yeah. So now my fear is, um, how do I get another credit card? Well, or will I get another credit card? You will get this cycle will end. And as unemployment starts to come down, people more than willingly want to give you credit. Um, What I would do if I were you and, and thanks for coming in. It's Alicia from Star 101. I would probably get a secured credit card if you really want a credit card. I think credit cards are horrible. I think they're evil. I think they get people like you and me into a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd prefer a debit card for you. If you don't need I mean, to I have on, a debit card. Like, if you don't need credit, why use it at this point in time? You're okay. too young. You're beautiful. Don't use credit. Okay. All so, right. Okay. Fair enough. Thank you. Okay. Now get out of my studios. And when are you on, on air again? <laughs> I'm on Saturdays and Sundays on Star 1013. And people can, uh, what time? Uh, I'm on from 6 to 10 a.m. and then 4 to midnight on Sundays. That's a brutal shift. Hey, but it's a start. It's a J-O-B. <laughs> and you know that's not the only thing I do around here. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, you get your calls on there. It's 800-345-5639. For the last time you woke, kiss my lips. Now shut up and let me go. Your jeans were
This is Rob Black on Talk 910 KNEW. Let's go to Dave in San Francisco. Dave, you're on the air. Uh, great, Rob. How are you doing? Doing well. I'm calling about the G.I. Joe tickets, but first, let me uh, just mention I would love to have you on the radio for the next 469 years with an option to, you know, for another thousand. What planet are you from? Rob Black, number nine. No, we, a lot of people just really like you in the Bay Area. Okay, I, I, I totally appreciate that, but you're calling me a Cylon now. <laughs> Number nine. Well, I was going to make it number 10, but then you'd probably say that was over the top. I'm with you. I'm with you. Manolo Blahnik, I would love to have that name just to use, you know, just as a conversation piece, if, it, if that were my name. Okay. And one more thing. Someone called about uh, deporting the homeless, yes. uh, you know, shipping them off to someplace else. There's a lady that was talking a few days ago, talking about the uh, some of the homeless families that were shipped back to Ireland and England. And and the, when they got back, they were billed. And before they could leave the country, uh, they had to pay off the bill. You could be more interesting than that guy on the Dos Equis commercial. I couldn't be? You could be. Oh, yeah, I could be if uh, with a good writer. Well, no, you, you already are. You want to be called Manila Blahnik. You want to bill homeless people when we ship them to other areas. You think I should be on the air for over 4,000 more years. That's right. So you could be the most interesting person on the planet. Hey, what can I tell you? I just take it after you. So I hear you want these G.I. Joe tickets. Uh, yes, I do want them. Okay, now that's next Thursday night. You're going to have to pick up the tickets here at Clear Channel. Heidi will pick up the phone and tell you how to get the tickets. But what are you going to do for the tickets? Are you going to bark or are you going to scream? Uh, how about a bark? Give me a good one. Uh, <laughs> that's my dog, Werewolf. That'll do. Okay, appreciate so, it. I'm going to put you on hold, Dave, and Heidi will pick up and get your information. We'll have the tickets here waiting for you. Uh, let's go to Nick in Mountain View, 800-345-5639. Nick, we got about a minute. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, I had a quick question. Uh, it's in regards to uh, the credit card, secured credit card for a hotel. Yeah. Um, I just paid off a buttload of uh, credit card debt, almost $40,000, wow. and I think credit cards are evil myself. But uh, I have the debit card to go into a hotel, and they need a credit card for incidentals. And uh, some credit uh, some credit card debit cards aren't accepted at hotel motels. Right. Um, so I find myself getting a secured credit card, and some some hotels even charge a five hundred dollar incidental fee. I'm so gonna... uh, it's kind of like you're forced into getting these credit cards, and you don't really necessarily need it. And uh, just like that lady. That you I got to cut you off. I'm up against the top of the hour. I'm sorry. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Rob Black, weekday mornings from 10 to noon on Talk 910 KNEW. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.